You're listening to Illini Life Audio, messages from a community of Christian believers on the campus of University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. For more audio and video content, visit IlliniLife.org. Join me in listening to the word of the Lord from the Revelation. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance which are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet saying, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstands, I saw one like a son of man, clothed in a robe, reaching to his feet and girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were white, like white wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze when it's been made to glow in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. And in his right hand, he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in its strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. Then he placed his right hand on me, saying, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. And I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. Therefore, Write the things which you've seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after these things. As for the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth because you say, I am rich and I have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourselves and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. 
Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The word of the Lord. Hi, everybody. Good morning. How are you guys this morning? Excellent. Um, we're talking about the church at Laodicea. Um, I'm going to pray before we get started. Dear Jesus, thank you for today. Um, thank you for your word, for speaking to us, uh, for speaking to the churches that we may hear. Lord, I pray for my words this morning that they would speak your truth, that you would work in hearts and minds and souls, that you would turn people to your message, that you would encourage us to be hot and cold for you, that we would not be lukewarm. God, raise up a spirit um, uh, in, in to, to, to seek the campus, that we would be motivated to follow after you, to respond to your call, Lord, that uh, everyone would be attentive this morning and who's hearing it uh, later on. Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, Laodicea. So, uh, we get to talk about Laodicea. There, there's, uh, this is a fun letter. We've, this is the last of our seven letters, so uh, letter seven. Uh, there's a couple of things that are different. Um, the message is, will hopefully be very crystal clear. So uh, next, next slide. So this is the main point of the letter here and uh, potentially across all of them. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. So the I here is Jesus. Jesus is calling us to hear his voice and open the door. So for anyone who's listening this morning who has not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior and opened their heart to him, this message is for you. The words of this letter are for you. There's two parts to this. Uh, we're to hear his voice and open the door. So the first thing we're going to do is listen, hear. The second thing is we'll open the door. So we can talk about more what opening the door is, uh, but it's accepting Jesus into your life. It's uh, abiding by the rest of the commandments that are laid out in the Bible. Um, but the, the metaphor here is there's a closed door that is being beckoned. You know, I mean... If you're sitting at home and you hear a... It doesn't matter if you know you're not supposed to get up and let someone in. There's a compulsion that, like, you have to address a problem, right? You know, someone's knocking at the dorm door and they're not supposed to let them in after dark without a coat. Like, it's like, but if they make eye contact, it's over, right? Like, you're not going to... So, so Jesus is standing at the door and knocking. So that's the premise where we get started. So next slide, uh, the, uh, sometimes we can ask ourselves, what are we supposed to get out of Scripture? How are we supposed to understand the message? Um, uh, in each of the letters, 
it's very clear what the purpose for us is. So, so letters are often written to a church and we're supposed to read them and get something out of them. These letters were written to churches just like that. But also it says, to the one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is at the end of each of the seven letters. So this is a, an individual address to each one of us. We are supposed to listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Uh, there's a story of someone who was interviewing for a position doing Morse code, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I don't know if it's a true story or not, but it illustrates a point, so I'm going to share it. And uh, there was an, a, a, a job posting in the local newspaper. A number of people showed up at um, the room where it was supposed to take place. It was a Morse code telegram place, and there was you know Morse code going on in the background. And then the guy who was really excited about the position showed up late. There were already other applicants waiting. Um, and then all of a sudden, the last guy who showed up got up and walked in to the room. Uh, no one had been invited in yet. And um, and uh, the guy comes out of the room with the person and says, everyone else, you, you may be dismissed. Uh, we have our candidate. And they're like, well, what? that's not fair. We got here first. Why? What? Well, the da 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 that was playing said, get up, come in, and accept the position. Um, and so everyone was listening, but they weren't hearing. And so it's a very good, and again, I don't know if it's a true story or not, but it illustrates a point that if we're listening, so the, the spirit of, of Jesus is talking to us all the time. He speaks to us very clearly through the word of God. There isn't a mystery behind what he's trying to say. It isn't something out there. It's something that's very crystal clear. And, and everything in the world is trying to prevent us from hearing what the Spirit is saying to us. So, this, so it's not just hear what the words are, what the ideas are. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So that's what we're trying to get out of this message and all the weeks. Okay, so next slide. So the beginning of this letter, and all the letters start this way, it says, To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The Amen, the faithful and true witness, the origin of creation of God, says this. So each of the churches, and we'll get to this in a moment, has an address at the beginning, and these are characteristics and aspects of Christ. Um, this one is the first one that differs from the initial address um, at the beginning in chapter 1 where it talks about to the amen, the faithful and true witness, and it's calling up imagery that would be clear in Isaiah, the prophecy of Isaiah, which uh, Revelations connects with Isaiah a lot, the holy, holy, holy. Um, and it talks about how Jesus being the origin of creation of God. Next slide. Um, so since this is the last letter, I kind of wanted to summarize uh, what, what we've been seeing um, every week. So all of the letters to the churches follow a pattern, and there are common elements between all of them. And so this highlights a few of them. This isn't an exhaustive list. Um, but each of the letters starts with an address to the church. Um, then there's a part where it talks about the church's deeds or things that are happening in the church. Um, in the body of the, the letter, uh, we see that the Spirit addresses or explains a concept in ways that are understandable to the local church. And so that's one of the bridges that we try to make each week is like, well, how does this relate? Like, it would have been crystal clear to them, but what does hot and cold mean to us? Like, and so we're going to bridge that in this letter, but um, all of the letters were written so that it would be very clear to the church what concept Jesus is trying to explain. So we're going to explain that, and in this it's hot and cold, um, and then we're going to apply it to our age and our time. Um, and so then, then it talks about 
uh, this, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And so that's in ev- at the end of every letter. Sometimes it's before the conquering part, sometimes it's after. Um, and then finally, uh, and, and so there's different translations. So the word overcame, so this is NASB. This is a, probably a better rendering of the concept. It's not defeating someone, it's overcoming. So conquering is, is the idea, but overcoming as well. So conquering in, as part of a military conquest is not quite the right idea. We're trying to overcome. So, so it says, um, I will grant to him to sit with me the one, to the one who overcomes. And so this is how all the letters um, conclude. And so, so when you know this, if you go back through the letters, you can start to piece together the structure of each letter to the church. And that's helpful because it helps us read it clearly and, and then also contrast it with each other's. So I, I, as one example, we took the addresses. So the next slide. Uh, this is a picture of Jesus that was in, on my grandpa's like, wall, I think. It's very popular um, from the like, 50s or 60s, I think. I don't know if anybody's seen this picture uh, before. I think it's called the Head of Christ. Um, so all of these addresses are talking about Jesus. So in, to Ephesus, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands, Smyrna, the first and the last who was dead and has come to life, Pergamum, the one who has the sharp two-edged sword, Thyatira, the son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and feet like burnished bronze, Sardis, he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, Philadelphia, he who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens, Laodicea, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the origin of creation of God. So this is who's speaking these words to us, to the churches. And when you assemble them all together, it's quite an impressive resume. And it's particularly useful to us because all of these, like Jesus is our only hope, and all of these attributes are for our benefit. Jesus isn't an idea. He isn't just a good person. He's the origin of creation of God. Um, He opens doors that no one will shut and shuts doors that no one will open. There is tremendous power here. Um, And all of these descriptions of who Jesus is, this is the revelation of Jesus, after all the letter. This is who's speaking to us. So the rest of the words come from uh, this, this man, So this is how, uh, so I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. This one could could take some bridging um, because it's close enough to something we would understand, but not quite. So we might say that I have like, uh, your faith is on fire, like you're really good. So we might associate the hot with good and the cold with bad. Um, And that's not what this is trying to get across. Um, So if we look at where Laodicea is, which is like there, um, and then we have Colossae and then um, Heriopolis. So this this picture um, is, is from Google Maps and someone must have had a balloon or something. I'm not sure because it's like one of those 3D pictures, like you can look all around, but it's like really high off the ground. So this is from all the way at the top, uh, Heropolis. This is looking south over the Lycus Valley 
to Laodicea or the ruins of Laodicea. So Laodicea is kind of like here. And this, you can see, is a hot springs. So there's healing water from a hot springs. So when they're talking about hot, they're almost certainly referring to what they would have known as the hot springs here. And by the time the water would get over to the other side, it would be lukewarm. Likewise, if you see in the background, there's mountain ranges. They're, they're tall mountains. They're snow-capped. So the water coming down out of the mountains would have been cool and refreshing. And so there's a river that runs through the Lycus Valley. Um, also, I was, I was kind of disappointed. This, is, this map is from 1892. Um, that's the best map I could find of this region. Like, uh, all the other maps look like, like church PowerPoint presentations because, and I was, and, and the, there's a book you could get, but it wouldn't have shipped from England fast enough to get it. But someone took pictures. And so um, it, is, it is surprisingly accurate. It was from the railroad survey, but it's really helpful to picture the geography in these places to understand what the message is trying to communicate. So, so when it said, I know your deeds, you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And so we're to understand the cold and hot being different characteristics of a church that's refreshing or healing. And it, it's kind of a really great metaphor because it doesn't say be like this church. It says be effective, be um, impactful. Um, but I just wanted to kind of get, but, but it also is great because we, we can, we can, understand cold and hot even today. Um, so I thought there's probably a better way we could show that. Um, could I get Big Pete and Michael and Tiny Pete and Valerie to come up? Can you stand there? Michael and then Valerie and then Tiny Pete. I didn't come up with the names. They came up with the names. Big Pete, <laughs> Tiny Pete. <clears throat> So, no, I'm not going to have you drink dirty water. I know you would have, but no. So, um, I'm going to give two examples of hot and cold so that we understand. So, we're going to start with a cold example. So, ice and a bubbly. Peter, uh, if you're really hot, is it refreshing to have a, a cool beverage? It's good. Okay, you, you can sit down. You can take that with you if you want. Um, so, so that's like good. It's refreshing. It's cool. Okay, now, Michael, here you go. It's a hot example. Could you go ahead and pull that out and show people, like, how are those? Dry. Dry? Stale. Stale. They're, 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 oh, the room temperature fries. Slightly cold. Uh. Okay, well, it's... Apathetic. They're, That's a temperature, they're apathetic. Yeah, because McDonald's french fries, when they're hot, they're delicious, right? But if they've been, like, sitting out in a refrigerator and then on a counter since yesterday, they might have lost, lost their luster. Okay, you can take those, too. Thank you. Yeah. Um, let's do another hot example. Here we have hot mint tea. It might be very hot, so. <laughs> it's hot. It's hot salty. Okay. But very nice. 
<laughs> yeah, you, you can take your seat. Um, and finally, uh, let's do another cold example. Um, so everyone likes a, cool, a nice shake, right? Mmm. Quite a bit. Yeah, kind of off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I won't. I won't. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Mm. I was hoping it would stay solidified a bit, a little bit. The whipped cream did. That's a little odd. But um. So hot and cold. Um, I brought this up because it's kind of fun. It draws attention. But um, I want to point out, what did I have to do to the McDonald's food to make it lukewarm? Nothing. So I had to work to get ice here, and I had to make tea this morning. But I got the McDonald's food, and I did nothing. And what happened to it? Uh, that's gross, Michael. I mean, I know you're stubborn, and you're going to finish them all. Um, <laughs> But this is what lukewarm is. So we could cover a whole bunch of like, oh, this is lukewarm, or this is hold. But I think the point is, lukewarm is what happens when you conform and you stop being impactful. So when you're no longer refreshing, when you're no longer healing, you become lukewarm. And, and Jesus doesn't say like, oh, like you should rekindle it. It says, I will spit you out of my mouth. Uh, it is very important we do not become lukewarm. Um, the, the, the aspects of Christ that were listed at the beginning, we don't want that person to spit us out of his mouth. It's not what we want. And that's addressed to the church. Our church should not be lukewarm. When you jump into an icy lake, it should be startling. When you like put your hand under scalding water, it should be surprising and captivating. And, and there, it, it, it is never just a blah. Um, and so I want us to keep very, uh, so what's important is lukewarm is what happens when we do nothing. And, and, and there's still fries, there's still shakes. Michael just went to be sick somewhere, I guess. Um, but... Uh, um, there's still, there's still something there. There's deeds, but they are not good. They're not refreshing. They are not healing. Make sure I covered everything that I want here. So the purpose of our church, of the church of, of Christ across the ages, is to save the world. We're not going to save the world lukewarm. So... Uh, the image doesn't actually show up very well in here. That's probably fine. Um, there's, there's, there's a picture of a bride and groom kissing, and behind them, there's a trash dump. I have no idea why this couple did this. Um, don't recommend. But this is, this is, this is the best I could capture to what, what's trying to go on here. So in Revelation, so continuing, it says, So because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have no need of anything, and you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So all the other churches had some con commendation, like good aspect that Christ highlighted in the church. Laodicea has no commendation. 
There is nothing that Christ in the letter highlights as part of the church of Laodicea. And I think that's, uh, I mean, it's, it speaks to how lukewarm this church is, but it's also uh, a point of hope that we'll get to at the end because even this church that had nothing going for it had Christ calling it in love. So the other reason why, I, so we keep that picture of lukewarm doing nothing. And, and the other reason, and this church, maybe more than any of the other churches, matches where we're at as a society particularly in America. And it says here, so the cause of the lukewarm nature of the church of Laodicea is because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have no need of anything. In, in our small groups this week, we talked about some of these questions. And I would say that if you are successful in the world, in your classes, in, your, in like what you've been brought up being, if you do everything well, you will be the first part of verse 17. That's all we can hope for out of this degree, out of a profession, out of a family, is we're going to be rich and wealthy and have no need of anything. We want to have savings accounts that are funded. We want to have a job. How many people have ever said like, oh, if I had money, I wouldn't have problems. Or if I had a husband, or if I had a wife, or a girlfriend, or a boyfriend, or kids, like then, then that would be, I wouldn't have any need of anything. So the, the church at Laodicea connect, should connect with us personally as what could happen to a church. If we do nothing, this is what will happen to our church. This is what will happen to your life if we do nothing. It started out as delicious fries, and it's just, it's been, I, I just left it there. I focused on other things. I had this shake that would have been really, I mean, it was okay, but it, it would have been cool, and like, it wouldn't have been that. And... And I just set it down, and I focused on other things. And they were good things, but now they're lukewarm. You will have so much temptation to focus on other things that could be good, but could also be distracting. So wealth and riches, they are deceitful. They will deceive you. As soon as you feel like you have no need of anything, you are completely deceived because in truth, we are wretched, we are miserable, we are poor, we are blind, and we are naked. We are wretched because we don't know any better. Uh, miserable, I mean, anxiety. Think about the, where do you end with enough money or like people don't find happiness in the pursuit of a lot, like a lottery winning, um, we are poor. No amount of wealth or security will buy us salvation. When we die, it's really important that we are not poor in the eyes of Christ. Um, we are blind because this deceives us. Our, our shows, our, um, our toys, our and legitimate pursuits like our job, like they, are, they, are, they blind us. They, they focus us on things that are temporary if we let them. And we're naked. Like, you probably know how messed up other people are. It's usually pretty apparent when someone's, like, living a, a life that isn't healthy. Like, like, think about any celebrity. Like, everyone knows that they're, like, they don't have a solid relationship. They're doing drugs. Like, and they're, they're, they're sin. They're naked. It's exposed. 
So why does Jesus tell us this? What is the Spirit of God? What is Jesus trying to tell the churches? Because remember, we're supposed to hear what the Spirit is telling the churches. Anybody have any ideas? Those whom I love, yes? Why is telling someone they are wretched and miserable and poor and blind loving? Because he's telling us this today. Ah, yeah, I would, I would say that's great. Yes, so we can turn. This isn't a message of condemnation. So the world, uh, the devil, is the father of lies, the accuser. So even if you're promised wealth and prosperity from the world, ultimately, they, like, the world wants you to feel accused. They want you to feel naked and wretched and miserable and poor. Jesus tells us that we are here and calls us into true wealth. And so ultimately, the world wants us to feel wretched and miserable and poor while promise, promising us wealth and no needs. And so that's, that's the ultimate deceit because there is no hope in the ends of the world. There will be no fulfillment in worldly ends. And so Christ loves us, so he tells us where we're at and calls us for, forward. Next slide, sign. So continuing, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and eye salve to apply to your eyes that you may see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. And so JD was talking about verse 19, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. This is amazing. Like, Jesus is telling us to buy gold refined by fire using nothing but our poverty. Like, if, I mean, just think about it. Like, you could just read over this. Like, sure, gold, it's in the Bible. But Jesus is telling us, he adv I advise you to buy gold refined by fire. So what are we going to pay with? Because you can't buy something by just having it given to you. There's other places where we're given things in the Bible. But here it's, I counsel you, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire. What do you have to do to buy something, Eleanor? Have money or something to pay with? Have you ever bought something without money? What about Halloween candy? Have you ever traded Halloween candy? Uh -huh. So you should think about, well, uh, we have... Uh, our hearts, we can use our worldly wealth to purchase eternal riches. God allows us to be generous. He allows us to spend our gifts for his kingdom in a way that transforms this material um, flesh and material wealth into eternal riches. And, and, and I cannot overestimate or overstate the incredibleness of that. Like you have something, it's like it's like using paper money to buy real money. Um, it's like using mud pies to buy a cake. Like, it, it's, it's, you take something that's completely worthless and using it to buy something that's ultimately valuable. And this doesn't come from us. There's nothing about this exchange that we've earned. This is just because Christ has said to do it. So we can buy gold refined by fire. And there's, there's, if you see a little bit, there's like 
gold behind here, but it's not, it doesn't show up. That's okay. Um, so to whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So this is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of hope. And so the truth that we are poor, blind, naked, wretched is Christ loving us and speaking to us so that we may turn. So next slide. So again, we come back to Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. So beyond purchasing these things that will last, we get eternal relationship with Jesus. So the message, these words are knocking at your heart. Um, I, I, it's useful to consider the, the metaphor a little bit more, like who, who owns the door? Who owns the house? Like, this isn't like your house that you're somehow keeping Jesus out of. No, you, no, you're sitting in his house. No one formed their own bodies. No one formed their own minds. We were given minds. We were given bodies. We were given this earth. We were given our houses. We are abiding in a house with a door that we did not provide for ourselves. So when Jesus knocks, it's not that he's asking for us to, like, give him something he doesn't already possess. He is calling us to open our hearts to him. And there, there will come a time when if we do not open this door, we will all perish, right? All of, our, all of us will die. And we don't know when that's going to be. And so we should respond to the knocking today. If you hear the voice of Jesus through these passages, open your heart to him. Listen and open your heart. So we can open our heart by praying. You can talk with your small group leader. You can talk with friends, but share what God is doing. Open your heart and let him come in and speak to you. So finally, the last three verses, including this one. Sorry, next slide. Revelations 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. To the one who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat with my father on his throne. To the one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So, so if we thought before, like, buying gold with nothing was impressive, this is even more amazing. So the throne uh, that was granted to Jesus when he overcame sin and death and rules over all creation— he will grant us to sit on the throne with him. Like, if that doesn't floor you, you're, you're, you don't have an ear. <laughs> like, this is uh, amazing. Who, who would, like, go to Buckingham Palace and be like, oh, yeah, come on, let's, let's rule together, king and queen. Like, come on, come up on the throne. Like, that, it doesn't happen, and this is so much more impressive. And, and we can do this not because it's just, like, for free. It's... No, Jesus overcame. He overcame sin and death by dying on the cross so that we can do this. And he extends that invitation to all of us to come to him, open the door, dine with him, and he will raise us up to sit on the throne with him. This should also inform us how we should treat each other. If Christ, who conquered sin and death, so calls us up in love, why do we fight amongst ourselves? Like, why would we hold up the small things that we have and, like, hold them back from others? Christ doesn't share 
doesn't hold back anything with us. He calls us up as, as co-heirs of creation. And, and that abundance, out of that, should flow how we love each other and how we take care of each other. And so finally, who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So we're back. This is, this is how we hear. Do you hear the Spirit at work in this passage? Any questions? You should talk to someone about it. If you, if you haven't committed your life to Christ and you haven't invited Jesus into your heart and you hear the knocking, you want to open the door, talk to someone about it today. We'll have breaking bread. We'll have a small group. Talk to someone about it. Text them. If you know of someone who's close but haven't, be bold. Don't be lukewarm. Like, make the message of Christ known. Let people know you're a believer in Christ and be hot, be cold. Don't be lukewarm. I'm going to pray for us.